43% of people with commercial insurance, right, employer-provided health insurance, 43% of them said that they have avoided getting necessary medical care because they're worried how they're going to pay for their part of it. Hello and welcome to HIMSCast. I'm Susan Morse, Executive Editor of Healthcare Finance News. We are here today with Tom Policelli, who is CEO of Paymedics. Welcome, Tom. Well, thank you for having me. Can you please start by telling us about yourself and Paymedics? Sure. So uh, Paymedics, uh, well, first of all, I'm a health insurance geek, is, is the bottom line <laughs> of me, and have been for three decades. Uh, and, and as I've gone off, and years ago, I ran the high deductible health plan business at United and going around talking about consumer engagement. But a lot of my friends in the provider world told me, you know, Tom, this isn't consumer engagement. This is a cost shift, but it's not to the consumer. It's a cost shift to me, the provider, because nobody's paying me. And as I looked into it, looked into the data, I found that, boy, were they right. They were even more right than they knew. Uh, and so that's really the, the impetus behind what we're doing at Paymedics. So at, at Paymedics, what we do is we offer guaranteed payment to the provider for all consumer receivables, for all the consumers that come in, uh, regardless of their individual credit history. For the consumers, we offer simplified billing so that they have one source of truth. They don't get a blizzard of EOBs from their insurance company they don't understand and bills from the providers that don't make sense with looking at the EOBs, all that goes away. And the third thing we offer is for the consumers is guaranteed credit. So basically a financial safety net under every single consumer. So that consumers don't have to worry on January 1st, you know, oh my goodness, my deductible and out of pocket just reset. I got all these bills coming out of the holidays and now, wow, I'm, I'm scared to get the healthcare I need. All that goes away. And then now a financial safety net because every single consumer like I said, regardless or individual credit rating has this financial safety net, in effect, guaranteed credit. Um, that's very interesting because I know it's a big issue, especially when patients don't know what they're going to be paying. They get these things and they don't know how much. I want to get to the patient responsibility in a moment. But as far as providers, why aren't they getting paid? Are these prior authorization denials because of reasons? Is it administrative? What is the issue with this? I keep hearing about prior authorization and how providers have to spend so much time working with payers just to get paid. So I, I, I would break it down into two broad categories. Uh, the first is the interaction between the providers and whoever the insurance company or TPA is. And that's where all of your prior auths and denials and all those things are going to go in. And, and that affects, in effect, that's about the 80% of the healthcare, the insured healthcare dollar that the employer plan, because it's mostly employers on the commercial side, the 80% the or so that the employers are responsible for. Insurance companies are built to, to control that 80%. And so they'll fight with the providers about what they're going to pay and not pay. So that's issue number one, the 80%. Issue number two is the 20% that the consumers are going to owe. And, uh, and providers have been stuck in a real pickle about that. It's, you know, number one, do I demand money up front uh, because I'm so afraid of having to chase it on the back end? Or do I provide the care and then try chasing on the back end and collect as much as I can? And neither has worked out really well. 
uh, for the providers. But those, so really, I put the categories into the, the problem into those two categories. The 80% the employers are responsible for and the insurance companies will argue about and the 20% the consumers owe. And that's interesting, that 80%. Are payers trying to control how, obviously they're trying to control how much they spend, but we've heard recently about AI playing a role or algorithms playing a role and just using a straight algorithm to, to see whether a claim is denied or paid. Can you speak to this at all and how it how it plays a part in this? Well, I, I should say we really focus on the 20% that consumers owe. And so the the part the insurance companies are doing and how they're introducing AI and AI and all that, that is really something that is outside what we do. Uh, and that that I, I mean, I think you're right, it is going to be a growing issue. It's it, it's kind of a uh, an ongoing um, uh, escalation. You know, the, the carriers bring in a new tool, so then the providers have to bring in a new tool. You know, there was, I think years ago, there was bundling claims and unbundling claims, and there's always been that kind of arms race going on on that side. We're, we really focus on the consumer side, though, on whenever the insurance argument is, is done, the consumers still owe 20%. That's a lot. Right. And, right. and that's where, and that's the, the fastest growing part of healthcare expense in America today is the percentage of the bill that the commercial patients owe. Fastest growing part of healthcare in America today. And has, yeah, is, has that changed over the last five years? Has it suddenly gotten worse or what's happened with that? It, it continues to grow because employers uh, are have continued to cost shift. So increased deductibles and out of pockets for, the, um, for their members. And then uh, people's ability to pay for it has gone down. Um, so in, you know, inflation has become an issue and people are having to pick, you know, can I buy my groceries or can I pay this bill or that bill? And so consumers are really kind of stuck in this crunch. And that's why we with our company have jumped in to try to make sense of what right now is a very fragmented and, and overly expensive administrative mess. Uh, that leaves everyone unsatisfied, right? Providers don't get paid enough. Consumers are harassed and don't understand what on earth is going on. And some can just pay their bills. And employers are left saying, I paid 80% of the bill for something people don't like. Well, that sounds crazy. <laughs> so yes. like no one's satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I want to hear more about Paymedics and its role uh, in a moment. But I'd like to get to this healthcare payments and financial disparities study that Paymedics did. What did you find out from that study, please? I'd say the headline is, uh, it probably won't surprise uh, many of your listeners, and that is that even people with insurance, like the best possible financial patient profile, people with insurance are really in trouble. Um, some of the details underneath that I thought were, were pretty illuminating, though, kind of describing what is going on. And um, and to me, the most alarming of the things that we found uh, since we've seen other studies come out that have come out with essentially the same uh, result, 43% of people with commercial insurance, right, employer-provided health insurance, 43% of them said that they have avoided getting necessary medical care because they're worried how they're going to pay for their part of it. Right. That's crazy. I mean, that's terrible from a healthcare system perspective, you know, the writ large, um, from public health perspective, that makes no sense. 
we all saw during COVID that when people delayed care because either they couldn't get it or they were scared to go into the hospitals, when people delay care, they show up later sicker, much sicker. So it's terrible for their health uh, and, and they cost a lot more too. So terrible for society overall. And, and I was really startled, 43% with insurance are avoiding getting medical care because they're worried how they're going to pay their part. Um, it, you know, other things that we found coming off of that was and related to that is that 52% of, of people said that they're very stressed about medical bills. So even if they can pay it, they're very stressed about, uh, about all this. And 92% and said that that stress was actually affecting their physical health. They're so worried about how they're going to pay for something. So when you first get a diagnosis of something that sounds scary, the, you're immediately even more uh, kind of in a hole because you're worried about your, your illness. And then you're also worried, how on earth am I going to pay for this? How is this going to impact my family financially in addition to everything else? And that's, uh, again, that, that doesn't make any sense. I can believe that. Even the uncertainty of how much am I going to owe? So uh, exactly. please uh, tell us how paymedics can step in and help. Sure. What we do is we step in and uh, post adjudication. So after all the back and forth that you were talking about earlier on the, you know, is something a covered benefit, um, post adjudication, when the amount the plan is going to pay has been determined, we step in and we match up automatically whatever the consumer balance remainder is. We package that up with the provider, uh, with the, sorry, the plan pay expense, and we forward full payment to the provider. So from the provider perspective, if I sent a bill in for $2,000 and bill charges, knowing that my negotiated deal is for $1,000, for example, and it turns out the plan is going to pay for $600 and the consumer owes $400, from the provider perspective in today's world, you receive the $600 from the insurance company, then you have to turn around and bill for the $400 and hope you get it. Right. What we do <laughs> is we match up the $600 the plan owes with the 400 the consumer owes and we send the full thousand dollars to the providers the provider system wants a thousand dollars receives a thousand dollars has nothing to do it doesn't even have to drop a bill to the consumer because the balance due is zero and so the providers really don't have to change their workflow drop a bill like they normally do but on the back end they simply receive full payment and they have to do nothing else so they don't have to reprogram their system they don't have to do anything on you know no heavy lifting required on the IT side, just drop a bill and receive full payment. Um, from the consumer perspective, that means that what we are doing is we're turning off all of the blizzard of EOBs that you normally got from your insurance company. And there's no need for any provider bills because there's no balance due. So, But you still have to get paid. We do. We do because yeah. we forwarded all the money to the providers. So we've, right. we've paid them first and then we have to, we have to then uh, collect on the back end. Uh, from the from the patients. And what we find is one of the keys to helping us have a higher collection yield than providers can typically see on their own is because we've gotten rid of all the confusion. All those bills and EOBs and all that stuff went away. Um, I mean, kind of one of the unfortunate realities is that we have unintended as a healthcare system, we've trained consumers to ignore us because we send them so much junk that they don't <laughs> understand. They just right. no idea. And so with us, all the junk is gone. Everything's gone. Mm -hmm. And they get one simple statement. And it kind of works like a credit card statement would. It, in other words, it summarizes, here's everywhere you went. Here's everything you did. And at the end of the day, you owe $412.09 or whatever it is. And what we found is consumers are so relieved to actually understand what the right answer is that those who can pay just do. 
And so it costs us very, very little to get uh, those who can pay to pay us right away. So that's kind of the first bucket of consumers. I'm making this a long answer, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, but Susan, the second uh, uh, bucket are the people who can't pay. And in today's world, if someone goes in for surgery, let's say, and, and they just don't have the money for it, well, they're going to get a bill from the hospital, the surgeon, the anesthesiology, radiology, pathology, like everyone's going to send them a bill. And each of these different provider organizations has to independently determine that this person doesn't have the money to pay. So they're going to be badgering this poor sick person who has no money to get all the documentation to prove that they should write this off. There's, there's no way they're going to collect for the, from this person. And what we do, it sounds a little odd, but one of the things we do is give up very quickly. And by giving up quickly, because we know everything about this consumer, we look at them and say, there's no way that person can pay. So we don't waste any time, money, uh, and no harassing of the consumer to, real, to reach the conclusion, like, I can't pay. So we just give up really fast <laughs> and really, really inexpensively. So it's just a huge admin saving to not try to get blood from a stone. A person can't pay. But Tom, then, let me interrupt yeah, you there. Sure, don't please. you then become like the provider that's writing off a lot of uncompensated care? I mean, I don't know how businesses can keep working. We, with... we do write it off. Um, we just write it off cheaper and faster than they Got do. It. And so we can't, we can't collect any more than they could from someone who has no money. We can just determine the person has no money immediately. It doesn't take just us six months. realize it faster. Right. Yes. And so, so a typical hospital will have to spend several hundred dollars to determine that this person has no money. We'll spend nothing, almost nothing. It's very, very inexpensive for us to know this person has no money. So we just, we don't waste anything on that. Um, and then, then the third bucket of people are the people who they might have money, just not enough to pay it off right away. In that case, we give them no fees, no interest, no nothing, payment plans. Uh, again, geared to who they are as people, because we know a lot about them. So we know that the right amount for this person could be $200 a month, and another person could be $150 a month, or whatever it turns out to be. Um, and so we put them on those payment plans. Oh. So at the end of the day, we're just a big efficiency play, Susan. Okay, <laughs> excellent. And you work <laughs> with commercial plans, I take it, commercial we do. That's, yeah. that's, that's been yeah, our history. Sure. Right. I want I wanted to ask you about something you said about the back end about getting paid, because we keep hearing about how transactional billing has to go away for hospitals to get paid, that hospitals are talking with patients up front about what this surgery will cost and even what they will owe. And of course, there's new transparency and pricing. And now there's automation and digital tools to help change the billing process. I'm wondering, what do you see for the future for all of this? Do you see a point where patients can walk in and know what they're going to pay for, let's say, an apodectomy or something like that, or something that's, you know, a standard or hip replacement or whatever? Yeah, uh, Um in a way, I really hope not. And I know this is going to be a little startling in today's world. And the reason I say that is to go back to uh, the 43% of people who are not accessing care because they're afraid of how they're going to pay for it. So the, and, and some health systems today are demanding cash up front before the provider service um, because they're afraid of the bad debt on the back end and trying to chase people. And it's rational, I understand it. But what inadvertently, uh, they don't intend this, I'm sure, but inadvertently what they're doing is creating more health inequity because those people who can't access the care or are afraid how they're going to pay for the care don't get the care they need. 
And so these tools that are helping the providers, again, in, in absent anything else, providers are doing what they have to do rationally to, to stay in business and try to collect as much money as they can. But inadvertently, like I said, they're creating this, this healthy inequity. And also financially, what they're doing is if they end up scaring away the person who's worried how they're going to pay for their 20% of the total bill, that means that the hospital is also not getting the 80% that the employer plan would have paid for. They get 0%. Right. And so that doesn't make any sense either. And so um, so I, I think the unfortunate reality is that a lot of these tools that are trying to, in effect, bring the collections process forward so that money is collected sooner. It's actually driving people away. They either don't get the care, period, or they don't get it with you at your facility. They go to someone else who won't do that. Um, and so, um, so I, I think it's a real area of concern. Tom, that's an interesting perspective that you're right. Um, I haven't heard that before, so thank you very much. It's been great having you on HIMSCast, and it's been uh, great speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you very much.